Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Vish Khan. Hey, how's it going? It's a beautiful sunny afternoon in Guelph as I speak to you. I'm just looking out my window. It's blue skies. I don't know why I give you the weather update. You could be listening to this at any time of your life. I don't know why I tell you what it's like. I'm just looking out my window. I'm just telling you what I see. Why? I don't know. On the show today, I'm, I'm excited about the show. Tony Decker of Great Lake Swimmers and I have a revealing extensive chat about his life and times. And, uh, you know... He uh, is in Great Lake Swimmers. He's the lead guy. He founded that band, The Mastermind. And uh, late last year, he released uh, his first ever solo album. It's called Prayer of the Woods. Beautiful album. And I don't know, there's just been a kind of interest, advocacy for the natural world throughout Tony's music, uh, you know, since he's been making music. But there's a particular focus coming through in his lyrics these days. So I want to talk to him about that. Uh, He recently visited the Great Bear region which is a controversial region in a sense because uh, the Canadian federal government is trying to push through with this gateway pipeline. It's an oil pipeline. It's a very fragile ecosystem, so if anything were to go wrong, uh, it would be a disaster. And so residents, the provincial government, First Nations people are all protesting this thing. And Tony went up and checked it out on behalf of, uh, with rather, the World Wildlife Fund. It's an interesting story. So I wanted to talk to him about that. He's playing the Hillside Inside Festival in Guelph, Ontario, February 7th to 9th, jam-packed festival. Uh, He's playing on the 7th. You can learn more about it at hillsidefestival.ca. And uh, yeah, and he spills some beans on Great Lake Swimmers news. I have Great Lake Swimmers news for you. If you're a fan of the band, you'll want to listen to this episode, listen to the whole interview. And there was an unplanned coffee break during our conversation, uh, Tony and I, so Uh, Basically, you're going to end up hearing two songs. Two songs from the latest solo effort by Tony Decker. That's all to come on this show. So let's get into it right now together, shall we? Okay, here we go. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Inside Lewin Davis, Book Thief, Fargo, Dallas Buyers Club, Lawrence of Arabia, and more. On January 20th, the E-Bar welcomes Toronto MP Olivia Chow, who will read from and discuss her new memoir, My Journey. And on January 23rd, Kazoo welcomes Arc Analog and Carl Skeen to the E-Bar for an all-ages show. 
The bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. Getting back to town isn't easy as it seems When you've been up all night dreams This is a very nice uh, apartment here in Toronto. What, what, what neighborhood is this? Well, High Park is right there. High Park? Okay. So it's, I mean, it's literally right there. Okay. That's High Park. So. That's High Park. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know this area super well. My friends lived... So we're on Parkside and something. Yeah. Yeah. So my friends lived on Parkside and uh, they were robbed. Really? Yeah. They like someone broke into the... I stayed with them actually one night and like weeks later... It wasn't me, first of all. I want to <laughs> clarify. But someone broke in and like uh, through the window and stole guitars and computers and there was blood on the floor because they cut themselves. Oh my God. Yeah. So I always think of this as a slightly wild neighborhood wow i've i've found that it's actually the opposite of that (laughs) it seems very picturesque it's it's young families and mostly residents there's not a lot of i mean i would assume there's a lot of people renting but there's a lot of like you know i mean these houses are kind of insane yeah in like this neighborhood you know they're like big huge yeah no it's nice for sure um but they also potentially easy prey or not easy prey but yeah I an could attractive see if you were a nefarious person you would see these big houses and be like oh well they've got the stuff yeah maybe i don't know I'm, i mean i moved from i lived in parkdale for three or four oh. years so this i mean before i moved you know closer to to like this area roncesvalles high park kind of area and parkdale is considered to be a little dodgier yeah i mean that's that's that would be the place where i could see that kind of thing happening but i mean i guess it can happen anywhere yeah anytime yeah yeah and yeah. i don't want to this is a terrible way for me to compliment your lovely apartment by suggesting it's a crime-ridden hellhole because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't appear that way it's a beautiful beautiful place <laughs> it's nice and uh, i appreciate that and you've got coffee brewing for us yes yeah it's just going to be lovely i i told you that i i only started drinking coffee this year yeah, I'm, I mean, it's amazing you could, you know, I don't know, hold out for that long. Well, I just don't, uh, I've talked about this it's before. It's a delightful beverage. It's fine. I just uh, don't. Morning then, Well, what's happened now is I have to drink it. You know, people warned me. I always avoided it because I didn't want to have any kind of crutch. Uh-huh. But now if I don't have coffee every day in the afternoon, I get this terrible headache. And I asked my wife, who's a coffee drinker, I'm like, what is this headache? She's like, well... There's only one cure for that. Yeah. You get the coffee back in your system, and that seems bad. Yeah. That, Am I addicted to coffee? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Are you? Do you drink a lot of coffee? I do, but I don't kind of get. I don't get kind of squirrely if I don't have oh, okay. it. You know, I can kind of go. I mean, I prefer to have it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I don't. I, that's I just it. So you. That's the the slight nuance there. I prefer to have it as I need it. Yeah. If you don't have it, you probably wouldn't feel good. Yeah, maybe. I think it's true. Yeah. I'm <laughs> to do test this out. <laughs> now, you just got back from being on tour, right? Yeah. And where, yeah. Did, where did you go? Uh, I was in Europe and the UK, uh, some parts of Scandinavia, um, for about a month, opening up for the, the band Caliphone. Oh, nice. From the US. Um and before that, I was out for just over a month across Canada, uh, coast to coast. Right. And now this yeah. is, 
uh, to be clear, this wasn't uh, Great Lake Swimmer stuff. This was was this you and your solo. This was just me and a guitar. Yeah, this wow. was a solo tour. Yeah, um, so it was a little different than the band thing. And this was in support of your your solo record. Yes. Right. Um, right. So this record uh, that you put out. Uh, well, that was my phone. I thought I turned that off. I totally thought I turned that off. Someone is texting me. Oh, it's my. Sorry, I apologize. That's very <laughs> That's rude. Okay. I totally thought I turned it off before. Uh, started this That's thing a cool tone yeah it's a it's, it's i think it's a stock tone it's like stock a, iphone tone it's like um <clears throat> intrigue yes it has yeah. a kind of noirish yeah. aspect yeah. although it's interesting if i'm listening to music in the car and it has horns in it and then this goes i just miss messages all the time is that a trombone is it technically a trombone what was that it sounded like some kind of orchestral uh, horn thing yeah, it, yeah. Uh, maybe a french horn i don't know yeah. no no not a french no. horn. it has a slidey tone to it that's why i thought maybe trombone yeah maybe anyway uh your latest record is under your own name tony decker yeah and yeah. in the past uh you've operated uh, almost exclusively as great lake swimmers and that yeah. could take different forms yeah you could be on your own playing a show and you would still be great lake swimmers but this seems like a bit of a departure. Why uh, get your name out there this way? Um, well, I, I really felt like Great Lakes Swimmers developed into more of a band thing. I mean, and it was really just as simple as that. Um, I had a bunch of songs that didn't sound like they really needed much to them other than just guitar and vocals. I played all the instruments on it myself, um, which basically adds up to like um, accents of... <laughs> that is another <laughs> famous iPhone tone. You've got... That is a piano. Your phone is actually ringing, though. You should get that. Yeah, Go ahead. On. Yeah, just put that down. It's like a New Orleans jazz bar in here. <laughs> I'm not going to get this. You're not going to get it. Okay. It's, no, I know it is. It's not... My car's in the shop, actually. So. Oh, no. Your car's in the shop. Yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah, so that was them calling, hopefully, to say that it's ready, but... Okay. I'll, I'll get back to them. Really? Your car's in the shop, and you're, you can call them. It's fine. I don't mind waiting. No, it's all... I mean... It's it's fine. Okay. Yeah. What kind of car do you got? Uh, it's a it's kind of like a soccer mom vehicle. It's like a Dodge Caravan. Oh. Stow and go. Well, you're in a band. You need. Works great for getting gear around town. Right. And getting band members around town. So. They're good. Those those aren't bad. Reliable. It's reliable. Okay. And I don't except, work, I don't work for them either. Except it's in the shop. Except yeah. Except <laughs> it's in the shop, but it's actually was like, um, more like cosmetic kind of. Yeah, I got sideswiped. I got like, oh. yeah, like while it was parked. Oh no! Uh, so I had to uh, go and like uh, just bring it in. Did the person stop? Like, did they? Do you, no, no, no. They no, just like, swiped it and left. Yeah, there were some people that saw it. Oh, but like, it just kind of started opening this whole can of worms. So they, I talked to my insurance company, and they was tried there a to plate. Get... Did you get a plate? No, oh, okay. no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where it's, to go with it's, this. It's, well, no, it's fine. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about this a lot because the weather's been so bad and uh, cars in, in Toronto, you park on the street yeah. a lot. And uh, I often This work. was in the US though. Oh, it was. Yeah. So okay. it kind of added another wrinkle to the whole oh. insurance thing. Right. So, um, but it looks like they're taking care of it, which is why I brought it in. Oh, okay. Nice. So that's nice. All right. Yeah. Deductible and all that. Oh, this is very exciting. It's yeah. This is. band. This is some juicy stuff. It's band life. This is yeah. what being in a band is partially about: maintaining your vehicle. That's effect. true, actually, and 
you know, just not to drag this out, but like, I think I've put like, you know, over 350,000 kilometers on it. Really? Since like 2009 or something. You, uh, you know, I, I've, we've talked about this before, but you are one of the hardest working musicians I've ever encountered. Like you're all, when it, when you go, you really go. Like you're gone for months and months, a year maybe behind any record. Mm. And uh, I'm curious, you're still doing this. It, it obviously is your career, it's your job. So I can see why that that yeah. drives you, but uh, is it ever is it ever tough for you, or you just you get in the zone and you can do it? Oh, I, I think I think you kind of you, you have to like doing it first of all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big, huge part of it. I I love to drive and I love traveling. Um, at a certain point, you know, you, you try your hardest to maintain your health, you know, and not get the flu or something because that makes things awful. Yeah. Um, and trying to you know be healthy, but. Um, um, I, I guess it comes, it's like anything, anything, you know, any sort of work comes with its own set of challenges at some point, you know, it's not always uh, I, ideal, but, but it's great. Do you actually remember, uh, the first time you felt compelled to, uh, pursue music as a means of expression? Do you remember this, uh, what, what, what your circumstance was and why, uh, you were inspired to do that? Like, like. Like early days, like I'm talking like inception. In, yeah, yeah. Like, like in my teens, I probably like, I, I, um, I mean, like I, re- I, I really only started playing guitars because a, a friend of mine left his guitar over at my place one time. Oh. Uh, and we were trying to like play together. I think I was playing keyboards or something even. Uh, and he's like, Hey, can I leave my guitar here? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And sort of the weeks went by, um, without him picking it up. And I just, I just literally picked it up and learned how to play it. You never did. You ever ever have lessons or anything? Uh, no, no. No, you just play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like immediately I picked it up, um, learned what a power chord was basically. But I mean, started writing songs at like fifteen and sixteen years oh. old. So, um, uh, not great songs, <laughs> but songs. You know, Early for days. a fifteen, sixteen year old. Yeah. Who Who would have been uh, your kind of muses and inspirations when you were fifteen or sixteen? In terms of songwriting oh i mean at that time i was definitely following like the whole sort of uh discord thing was important to me then um fugazi and, and but m- more so i think minor threat and you know some of the earlier uh bands around like kind of hardcore bands i guess earlier hardcore bands but also um you know a more it was kind of a, a time period where, where punk rock wasn't so rigidly genre defined. Yeah. So there was a lot of um, really great music that made me feel like I could do it too. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, and that was, that was huge. It wasn't so much about the music. It was more about the aesthetic for me. You know? Wow. Okay. I, I had no idea that uh, this was true. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> Fugazi is my, my, I like to say they're my favorite band ever. Wow. They're absolutely my favorite band ever. Got wow. to see them, you know, a bunch of times, and yeah. uh, inspired me to do pretty much everything I do and the way I do it. For the most, part. I mean, uh, it's hard. Uh, you know, sometimes you make compromises within your work, and you you just do. And uh, what really beyond their music, which to me, like to me, it was like I grew up a Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and to me, they were like getting to see Fugazi as much as I did, and and hearing them and being present when they were present and working felt like this is the Beatles like this is yeah. really the equivalent and and I and some people would scoff at this but I think in terms of cultural impact you know we're living in this 
uh, overground underground culture, and well, I and uh, I think they are really an Ian. And, and it's certainly like a, an organization with like a, a really you know impressive moral barometer too. Yeah. You know, and 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 a really great political worldview. I mean, I, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, and, and it really it made me. Uh, it's a, you know, I don't know what it says about anyone's character when they can point to something as being such a huge impact, having such a huge impact on them. Because it makes, some level, probably makes me seem like a follower as opposed to someone who made their own decisions or something like that. But I do think that listening to them, speaking with them, seeing them made me learn a lot about respect, mm-hmm. self-respect, respecting others, and uh, and logic. I mean, mm-hmm. common sense. Like why. You know, the compromises are I might still pay $120 to see Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the same time, when I'm putting on my own shows or whatever, it's following this model of like, what can we do to make this accessible for everyone of every income mm-hmm. level, every, you know. Yeah, there's the, there's that whole like, um, you know, DIY aesthetic, creating your own scene, building your own sort of community. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing that I think left more of an impression on me than... Yeah, because musically, music, I, I mean, musically, when you mentioned that stuff, Discord... Well, we're going back to like, this is, I mean, I mean, this is 20 years ago now for me. So, no, but I'm also you know, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of young Tony Decker on an acoustic guitar, potentially replicating those kinds of sounds. Well, it was an electric guitar. It was an electric guitar. Yeah, so there's, that's, that's <laughs> okay. one major difference. Did you have a band? I had little high school bands. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, I think I joined my first band when I was, you know, around that same time, fifteen or sixteen. Okay. And we used to play little shows in the Niagara region. Where, are you, where then, are you actually from? Um, a little town in the Niagara region. Okay. Uh, Waynefleet, Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so there was a little scene happening in in St. Catharines, <clears throat> and occasionally we we would get up to Toronto. Not very often. We'd play in the local legions and stuff in town too. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, little 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 um, restaurants and cafes and things that they had there. Alternative too. spaces, if you will. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. The first time you and I met was in Guelph at uh, Ed Video. Yeah, Ed Video. When it yeah. was on uh, Wyndham Street, and we, yeah. you, my band was playing, and your band was playing, or you, you were playing, and you were on tour with a band from Windsor. Uh, it was like um, I think they were called Ten Year Drought. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you were you seemed quite tight with them and it kind of now that we were talking about discord and uh attitudes i remember being very struck by you as a person uh you you were very friendly and you you had these and i probably still have one somewhere you had these little cute uh, business cards that said great like swimmers at hotmail.com or whatever it was and you gave me one and i thought it was really i thought it was really sweet and i really liked liked uh, your performance that night and we we stayed in touch Uh and it, it strikes me that community and and connecting with people is actually a, a key part of your work. Is that fair? I, I I think so. I mean, I I hope that the work stands and speaks for itself. You know, and that it doesn't. It's not. I mean, it doesn't function that way. You know, but but that's it's a thing that's important to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but the music itself is rather enigmatic. On some level, it. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of mystery within it. It's not an easy. On some level, I don't think the music you've made is uh, easily accessible. I think it it requires kind of delving and, and sort of living with it, and that's interesting to me because mm. you're, you're coming. And I, I mean, when we talk about Discord and Fugazi and those things, they're very artful. 
Uh-huh. I would say that's it's the same thing. You've there's a there's an implicit connection, but it doesn't seem easy. Yeah. I mean, this is going back a while ago. This was just like this, a spark for me too. Like <laughs> yeah. I came back around to folk and roots music kind of through that lens and th- with that kind of attitude in mind. Right. That's, that's, I mean, I just applied that, those ideas to a different kind of music that, that I was taken with, that I was struck by when I started writing songs and getting to know the sort of the roots of, of that. Did you find... Even older music. Did you find parallel uh, characters or parallel... Uh, workers within the roots and folk music that spoke to you the same way uh, that uh, that that early punk stuff did. Hmm, that's that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I I remember seeing this one kind of straddles both worlds, but I remember seeing Art Bergman play at my university in the in the mid '90s, um, and he had kind of transformed from you know being the being in the Young Canadians and and having this also like very pro- prolific rock career, solo career, um, to like touring with an acoustic guitar and singing some of those old songs, but also singing some classics and 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 that was deeply impressive to me. Seeing seeing him, I, I was a fan of him as a young as a member of the Young Canadians and also oh. you know as in his solo work. Um, so, uh, that kind of opened a door for you a little, I mean, it kind of, I just use that as an example, how like it kind of straddled both worlds kind of, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that found, I I was, I was pretty impressed by that. You, you you mentioned, uh, we've talked about a few artists now that, uh, well, for lack of a better term, they have a political bent. Um, I think a lot of what we're talking about actually has to do with politics, personal politics and just the way you behave and mm-hmm. uh, the way you interact with the world <laughs> mm-hmm. and what you put out into it. And yeah, I, I, it never really has occurred to me. I feel like, I feel like that's within you, but never that explicit. Are you kind of careful to, first of all, do you, would you agree that you convey a kind of political sense in your work? Well, I mean, I think that recently I've, I've, that's become more and more of an issue to me. Um, and especially with, especially as I'm getting older, um, and I'm learning more about different things. I'm learning more about the world. Um, particularly important to me is the natural world, the environment. And as my music is kind of making connections with people who share this interest, I'm, I'm learning more about that. And, and and so and so i guess more political i mean that's kind of a new thing to me where where i'm kind of wanting to make more of a political statement with certain songs and and i mean when you talk about the natural world if we go through your discography until recently you've made a real point of exploring natural spaces you haven't worked yeah. in recording studios until quite recently yeah and so there is something and so when I would read about your records, we would learn that, oh, this was recorded in a silo. This was recorded, I don't know, where... A, like a church. A or, church. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like venues that acoustically, naturally, organically sound a certain way and impact the way your songs sound. Why are you drawn to that? I mean, it seems pretty common sense. You would think most people would be like, yeah, I want something that reflects uh, a space. I want you know my music to ref- reflect a space. Yeah. as much as it does ideas but not everyone does that uh and again you've also finally sort of for probably comfort reasons yeah. shifted into studios recently but what was it what is it about the natural world that you want to have in, in, in your music 
Well, um, first of all, it was, it was, I mean, it was a lot more comfortable to work in a studio than like, you know, a church that didn't have any heat or something (laughs) like that, uh, in the wintertime. Um, but it was also kind of like oddly enough, like an experiment too, you know, to kind of like, well, let's, we have, we had a band that had been on the road for two or three years and it was like, let's see how this band sounds, um, in a, in a, in a studio simply because there are things, there are sonic things that, um, engineers and people who make records really hate about location recording <laughs> um, and uh and you I, wanted to push some of them the engineers in some way did you want to kind of challenge them as much as you want to challenge yourself i kind of i guess yeah, yeah. i mean um but i mean there's oh there's definitely like you know and i'm gonna you know I, I really plan to go back into location recording because it, it you know after after doing this experiment you know there is something that i really miss about that energy in a space uh, particularly like i found like um places of worship you know have this kind of energy to them too or um there are places where people go to you know uh carry out uh you know uh uh, work things out, you know, their fears, their, you know, funerals happen there, weddings happen there, joyous yeah. things, very sad things, emotion happens there, you know, uh, even, you know, on an, on, not an, on an expressive level, but even on an internal level, I think having that kind of energy about a place, just there's something about it that fuels um, what is possible musically for me. I feel like I really tap into that when I'm in a place like that, you know. Um, so that becomes an, an important thing to me along with the acoustics and along with the kind of the phys- the elements, the, the, the physical hmm. um, uh, aspect of it too, that, that part of it's just uh, as important to me, the feel of a place, you know? And does that, do you find, has it, have there been circumstances where that feel has impacted the content of your songs while you're in the space working? Has it modified uh, ideas? Um, I would say most drastically on, on lost channels because we, uh, I didn't know anything about the Thousand Islands. This is the record that came out in 2009. Right. Um, that one was one that um, was really um, uh, affected by the place that it was affected by the setting yeah. where there was like lyrical crossover. And it just, it, even though it was recorded in a lot of different places in the area, it, it came together cohesively in a way um, that was um, unique to me. Yeah. You and I were in a circumstance uh a really odd and rare circumstance. We were both in St. John's, Newfoundland, and you had the opportunity. You were invited to perform music in a lighthouse that had never. I, what was the circumstance exactly? It had never. No one had ever done that before. No, it was on Signal Hill in St. John's. Yeah. Yeah, it was the like the tower, the the like where they made the first like transatlantic transmission transmission yeah. yeah yeah it was an amazing thing to see you yeah and you know it was that not many people could fit up at the top and you you were able to play uh music and i mean i guess first of all what was that experience like it was really nice because actually it was a small space so like the in the the sort of the intimate setting yeah. made it nice no amplification just like you know real direct uh singing and playing which was which was really great um but yeah, it's like tapping in, you know, it's like tapping into that sort of um, uh, specialness of the place. You know, it brings something out in the performance. Well, it struck me that that day I heard you play a song that uh, I hadn't heard before. And it seemed to be about the situation uh, uh, with the uh, BP oil spill. Right. 
Do you know the song I'm talking about? Yeah, it's called Ballad of a Fisherman's Wife. Right. It ended up making it onto um, New Wild Everywhere. The last Great Lake Swimmers record. Yeah. yeah. So this, uh, to me, was the, when I spoke earlier about uh, the enigmatic quality of your records. Is there a little fuzzy hair on the microphone? Yeah, I got it, though. You got it, though? Do you, yeah. want, a, do you want coffee? Yeah, before sorry. Do, do you want to get the coffee before I ask this? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do that. Well, yeah, just set it okay. down. I'll just wait here. Do you, do you okay. want me to wait? I can wait. I'll just wait here, <laughs> and I'll push pause or something on this thing. We'll have coffee. <laughs> Is that okay? Are you? Are yeah, you, I just I think it's ready, so I wanted to get you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you? Do you want one? You're gonna have one. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll just pause it for a second. Okay. We'll reconvene in a second. Hey guys, it's me, Vish. I don't normally interrupt the middle of the show, but like I said at the top, that was an unplanned, 
coffee break, and so I decided uh, that uh, you, you guys should hear a song. And you heard the title track from the, the last Tony Decker album, Prayer of the Woods. That's what you just heard. So now, this is. let's just jump back into it. Let's just jump back in to the interview. Thank you for the coffee. You're I'm welcome. I'm going to try it in a second. So this is agave nectar? Yeah. What is the deal with agave nectar? It looks it looks serious. Well, it's like it comes from like a, a cactus. It's like an alternative. It's like a sugar sweetener oh. alternative, maybe potentially. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Better for you. Where did you discover this thing? Uh, I don't know. It's around. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah. just. just I, I'm just trying to make. I don't. I've never had. I don't know that I've had it. Maybe yeah. I have. It seems it's like, like a, an alternative sweetener that comes from the agave. You know, I'm at a point where everything in the cactus. world is overly <laughs> fascinating to me. I should just be like, yeah, you got a thing. That's great. Yeah. It basically <laughs> looks like honey. I'm sure it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. And you got the diet kind. It says light. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was asking you a question about the BP oil spill. Wasn't I? Well, it's that song, um, Ballad of a Fisherman's Wife. I was saying yeah. that, uh, yeah, yeah uh, earlier I was talking about how enigmatic uh, the songs are, but this was one of the most direct songs I've ever heard you perform, potentially write. Uh, and I'm curious if you can talk about what it was, what it was about that situation uh, that inspired you to deal with it so head on. Um, well, the, I mean, the last time something like this happened was the Exxon spill in Alaska, which, uh, you know, I obviously wasn't, uh, you know, around for in, in, you know, a musical sense. You, you okay there? Yeah, no, I just, I got a little spill. Okay. <laughs> so Woody Guthrie Center mug. This is nice. Yeah. I, I was just there this past summer in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh yeah. It's, it's, nice. a, it's amazing. This, the, sorry, just a little side tangent. The Woody Guthrie Center is amazing it's worth going to like just like driving and going to tulsa to look at it it's like it's the most amazing museum i've been to now why is that uh it's just the way it's put together it's brand new it just opened last year i think uh-huh um it's got an entire wall of a museum that's a touch screen so you can walk up to it and it's just like endless information about woody guthrie and the the sort of the socio-political economic oh. situation places him in context oh. Be- beautiful museum nice anyway <laughs> <laughs> nice little plug for that yeah i want to check yeah. it out I'm a, I'm a big fan i just uh uh i you know i've been to the hank williams museum i haven't been to too many museums dedicated yep. to one person's work the hank uh, williams one is awesome too yeah the hank williams the, did i say hank williams yeah i meant to say hank snow oh 
<laughs> I've been to the Hank Snow. I, Hank Williams is on my mind because we were talking about Hank Williams earlier. But yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't been to the Hank Williams Museum. Is that in uh, Nashville? Uh, there's one in uh, Montgomery. Oh, Alabama. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Ballad of a Fisherman's Wife. Uh, you're talking about <laughs> something in a very direct. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, this. I mean, this was a really direct reaction to the to the to the to the BP oil spill that happened on in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and I was just saying, like, I clearly wasn't around during when the Exxon spill happened. But it, I mean, this one was, you know, arguably even more catastrophic. It it went on for literally months. Yeah. Um, and it killed a lot of um, uh, really fragile ecosystems, places that aren't aren't uh, necessarily easy to to fix. You know, places that will probably never be fixed. Um, and I'm talking specifically about the the sort of the the permeable coastline of um, of Louisiana, yeah. you know, which is a kind of a natural barrier for hurricanes and and the weather that comes out of the Gulf. Um, having that kind of um, uh, natural barrier destroyed makes that part of the world, that part of the continent, even more vulnerable. Um, and uh, and I was just I was around there I, at the time when it happened. You know, I, I I'd spent a little bit of time in Louisiana and 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 saw a lot of the headlines coming out of that area and was was just kind of blown away by what was happening, um, and and really felt obligated to to write something to to just be active in some way about it. Yeah. Um. So. Um, but was that a challenge for you to write in that way compared to how you normally do? It was a new thing, yeah, a new thing for me too, and it's something I'm exploring more and more. I think as as I as I kind of like as I'm kind of developing as a songwriter and and sort of as my my as as there's kind of like more of a confluence of these things in my life and in my world and in the world that I see and and, and that I'm trying to synthesize as they kind of start coming together, you know, it's becoming more and more important to me. Um, so. Um, yeah, and it, right around that time, this was before uh, New Wild Everywhere came out, but right around that time, uh, I was talking with the Lake Ontario Waterkeeper, um, uh, who who were looking for songs for their um, swim, drink, fish music, digital music club. Yep. They've got people on there. I mean, tons of people, Gord Downey, Stars, lots of people. John K. Sampson, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Tons of people have, have, have um, you know, recorded tracks for this. And, and so I thought that there was kind of like a, a bit of a... Um, like a, a synchronicity there with with recording this song and and having the, have it be an exclusive track for them, yeah. which was how it was originally released. Um, a couple of years later, when we were working on the album, um, uh, I decided to try to play it with the band, and we took it from a demo form into a full band kind of song, and so it's become part of our repertoire now. It's become part of the catalog, right. Uh, and I mean, I don't know if this is connected, but this seems to have spurred some activity from you in this in this regard. I mean, you uh, you've been working a little bit with the World Wildlife Fund as well uh, to try to deal with a situation on the west coast of Canada. Yeah, I mean, this has become an even more consuming thing for me um, is because um, especially like having kind of really studied the sort of the all of the really devastating effects on the on the coast of of Louisiana and seeing there being a very real um, possibility for this to happen again on the coast of BC I mean uh, any kind of um, transporting of oil comes with its set of risks you know 
it's it's almost inevitable that something like that would happen so it just if i could talk briefly about what's happening actually happening out there no, but, please do but um this is in there's a there's a region of uh of of uh the the northern coast of british columbia called the great bear rainforest and uh basically uh it's 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 been all over the news and i'm sure you've heard of it but it's the northern gateway pipeline yeah. that they're they're trying to uh push through um sadly our our federal government is trying to push this through despite reservations from um the people of bc um and the first nations and um you know the the provincial government of bc for example um and and uh so they're trying to push through this um this idea to uh, take bitumen from the, toil the, the oil sands in Alberta, send them in a pipeline over the mountains, over the Rocky Mountains, over the, the Cascade, over the entire, over several mountain ranges to, to Kitimat, BC, um, which is sort of a, I mean, there's industry there. And I'm not saying this as, as I, I, I think that what we need to do is maybe create an alternative. I'm not saying that we don't, that industry isn't important and that we don't need these resources. And of course we do. Um, but sending them through, uh, loading this onto tankers um, and sending it through these very uh, fragile fjords um, and, and um, around very tight passages through, through, the, through these islands and, and, and narrow pathways out into the Hecate Strait, um, some of the roughest waters in the world. Yeah. Uh, sailing megatankers through these little delicate passageways in, in, the, in the BC coast. And then having them having these mega tankers sail to China, um, uh, transform the bitumen into you know ref, refine refine it. Yeah, the there. bitumen is a chemically I don't want to say diluted because it's not quite. I, I suppose it is. It's a chemically diluted tar sands oil. Right. Uh, they call it drill bit and uh, or dill bit. No, is it called drill bit or something like that? It's something like that. Drill yeah. bit is a drill bit for a drill. <laughs> no, it's a bitumen. And uh, yeah, this has been happening across the country. Uh, various companies. Uh, Enbridge among them are trying to transport this stuff because they their companies want it. There's a and and at well, and it's kind of a shortcut too through through basically one of the last intact rainforests rainforests on the planet. I mean, I, I had a chance to visit this place with the World Wildlife Fund um, and actually sailed from um, from Kitimat down through these actual passageways, seeing. Uh, incredible wildlife there, species that are indigenous to the area don't exist anywhere else in the world. Um, if one uh, sort of tanker spilled the size of, the, say, the Exxon Valdez, yeah, the entire area would be obliterated. Um, and 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 you know, and and a culture that goes back to the beginning of humanity. You and know? at the end of the day, this is the, the risk is being taken just for money. I mean, it's a yeah. bottom line decision. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm always uh, amazed by people like you because I, I waver. I, I sometimes lose hope. Uh, and I don't know if, uh, if if it's writing songs about these things that gives you a different perspective or if it's just a, a, a faith that something can be done. But how do you do it? How do you keep yourself uh, motivated against these companies that seem to just do whatever they want, even though... There's enough precedence to suggest that the activity is risky and mm -hmm. ultimately will end up... Like, it's just inevitable that this is going to fail and, yeah. and be an issue. And frequently, the companies are like, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. screwed up. We'll try to clean it up, I guess. But you're talking about a region where if anything were to happen, 
it would be devastating it wouldn't be reversible yeah and and one thing like if the salmon run stopped the bears stopped getting fed they, they you know it, th- these uh nutrients stop going into the forest it's a whole it's a whole you know uh, it's a whole cycle there and you remove one thing from that equation and it all starts to collapse you yeah know? yeah not, not to mention like um you know, First Nations people that have lived there literally forever, the Haida Gwaii people who yeah. have lived there forever. And and it's rightfully their, it should be their decision whether or not this goes through or not, because they're going to be the ones that are most directly and hugely impacted with it. Um, so that's, you know, having been there firsthand, having having literally sailed through from Kitimat to like Bella Bella and, and gone through these areas, I can like personally vouch for what a bad idea <laughs> this would be but what is ultimately you know? what what can we as people do in the face of what is ultimately greed uh i'm gonna suggest racism i'm gonna suggest uh indifference to the impact like what what do you do what do we do to to prevent this from happening yeah well the you know the first thing is 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 being informed and um i've kind of aligned myself with the world wildlife fund because i think that they're doing the right things and i think that they're an organization that has um that has some effect on this that has some bearing on this they 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 can bring people together and um in fact they started an organization called uh canadians for the great bear uh, which i'm a part of scott niedermeyer is part of this uh joseph boyden's part of this um canadians from all kinds of different disciplines across the country and not just people in bc you know um this one of the things that we're trying to inform people about is that this is a Canadian issue yeah. and not just a BC issue yeah. and that this is like a hugely, um, a hugely valuable and, and, and fragile place that is ours yeah. as a country. I can only imagine that some of these ideas and perspectives are inform your latest solar record prayer of the woods. Is that fair? To a certain extent. I mean, like this, I mean, all of this, the, the 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 trip that I went on happened after the record was already done oh, okay. in the can. So I mean, um, prayer of the woods has a an evocative, you know, like it does seem like you're you're concerned. <laughs> it does yeah. have a kind of like uh, where where does the title come from actually? Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, just to I just wanted to finish my thought. Oh, there. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but yeah, um, I, I think that that kind of thing, maybe going back to what we were earlier saying, is informing my writing more, since have since since actually seeing. The oh, place. I see. So yeah. so so you're saying that you'd made Prayer of the Woods and then had these experiences, and now, uh, moving forward, it, 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 that the stuff is impacting your writing currently. Yeah, I mean, like I actually just released a song online, with a video called the great bear which was also to like raise awareness about this sort of you know i i see it as like an impending ecological disaster yeah you know as as anyone with uh you know any kind of reason rationale and, and anyone who studied the his basic recent history yeah and, and and maybe look through uh the number of uh spills and uh incidents that occur on these pipelines it's just maddening that it continues i feel and i've talked about this with other people but i get increasingly frustrated by my fellow uh by by humankind's inability to learn from mistakes and you know historical mistake you know people are like in some cases there are mistakes that have been going on and on and on over centuries but 
when things are happening right before our eyes, when we see the, you know, we've had this extreme, these extreme weather situations recently, like our environment is reacting to us. Yeah. And yet when people say like, we got to stop doing this or do other stuff, uh, you know, people in control uh, resist and say, ah, mm-hmm. you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen with these pipelines. And it's weird. It's just like they're in denial and we have, there's facts. Like it's obvious that things have happened. Yeah. It's just, I, as I say, it's commendable uh, that you can uh, maintain a kind of faith and hope that something uh, can change. Because yeah. I'm increasingly cynical. Uh, and I'm not saying I, yeah. I, I, I'm having you on. I want to have talk to you. I, I think it's important work and it needs to be done. But I also, uh, I'm just not surprised by anything. Yeah. Bad anymore, I think. Well, it's it's become something really important to me, and something that I'm getting more and more passionate about. You yeah. know, as I as I the more I learn about it, really. Yeah. So. So I had asked you about uh, prayer of the woods. Uh, the, yeah. The, the 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 phrase the the title of the record. Uh, where does that come from? Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, I've been trying to hike parts of the uh, Bruce Trail. Um, over the last year or so. Nice. Uh, and um, let me sort ask, of... Let got, me ask you this before you continue. Sure. Have you ever tried to hike it with a two-year-old? Because I tried <laughs> to do that. We did it, and parts it worked. Of, parts of it are okay. Like, some of the side trails are, are a little easier. Yeah, no, it was but, actually okay, but I just want to add that to... I know you're like, <laughs> I'm going to accomplish something and do the Bruce Trail, but I don't think you've really done it unless you're lugging around a two-year-old. That's my... <laughs> That's my point, Tony. Challenge. Yeah. I don't know if I could accept that kind of a challenge. <laughs> I can loan you a two and a half yeah. year old if you want, and just see what happens. Uh, no, sorry. You're so you're trying to hike the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like bits of it at a time. I kind of got hooked on it in uh, the Bruce Peninsula in Tobermory, that mm-hmm. area, and uh, really realized what a beautiful kind of spot it is that we have in our backyard, more or less, um, in for many of us in Ontario. Um, and uh, so there's this one. Um, part of the trail in the Glen Haffey conservation area about an hour hour and a half outside of Toronto that has this huge carved sign that says prayer of the woods on it oh um and it's a it's a poem um and uh I was just kind of struck by seeing this you know piece of poetry presented in this way at the start of a trail you know in this area and thought like wow I'd really like to maybe do something with this I wonder if it's you know like what it's all about. I, w- I went home and did some research online and, and found that it was uh, an, an old poem of uh, Portuguese origin originally is what I is like what I could kind of find. There's not a lot of information about it, but um, uh, potentially an anonymous poem that was um, used in, um, in an area there, brought over to North America and then sort of kind of caught on as more of like a, a, a bit of like a, um, I don't want to say like an like a like a. It's been used in forest reserves across North America. Just kind of spread as a oh, okay. as a, as a like an as like a a creed or something. A for mantra the woods. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. So, so I just I went about setting it to music. I mean, basically, I, I adapted that poem. Oh, you um, did the actual yeah. poem itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's what that song is. It's that poem, um, and uh, and set it to music, and and just I just thought it was a, a, a you know. Uh, uh, there's something kind of childlike about it too, which I which I liked, you know, and 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 I think that, you know, what we were talking about earlier about like 
you know, trying to counteract all of this sort of money and, and greed and kind of like these big, scary corporations, I think ha- trying to like hang on to some element of, of, of being childlike, I think is, is pretty helpful. Yeah. That's that. actually probably a good philosophy. Yeah. Maintain your innocence in a way. That makes yeah. Sense. In tandem with that also being very formed and educated you yeah. know, on, yeah. on the, on the real facts. Um, so, so that was, I mean, that was something that was an aspect of it that I really liked and it. And it sort of had thematic things in it that I thought were really tying into what, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build into my writing too. Yeah. You know, well, the, the whole album was really lovely and I was, uh, you know, it's, it's, I wasn't sure what to expect. It has a lushness to it for a solo record. It's, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful record. So oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And and I, I I I must ask, I suppose, at this point, what's what's next for you? I know you're playing uh, Hillside Inside. Yep. Uh, in February, uh, what else is going on? Um, well, we're, we're actually starting work on another band record. Um, the band's doing. You know, uh, people have said to me while I was on tour, like, you know, when a solo record comes out, it kind of like signals something. No, <laughs> yeah, know? I know people say that. I, yeah, and I was like, not at all. Like, you know, the band's doing well. Everything's good. We actually we did a few sessions already. Oh, nice. Um, uh, working on some new songs, and um, in the new year now, we'll be working towards a new record, um, and we'll hopefully have something released uh, sometime this year. Oh wow, that's so, amazing! Yeah, so you're um, that far along already. We're getting pretty deep into it. I mean, okay. it's January. Yes, you know? yes. So, true. so there's still there's still a whole year ahead of us. But, um, but yeah, um, we're we're really looking forward to getting back to work on on a more full band type of deal. And you yeah. you've made allusions to the fact that your songwriting has been impacted by various factors. Um, do you have a sense yet if? Uh, the new recording is uh, going to have some kind of through line, a narrative through line of any kind, or a particular feel. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. We're we're kind of in the thick of working on it right now. Oh. Uh, you know, and 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 I'm in. The, I'm really. I've been woodshedding. You know, a lot writing and and kind of like. Um, you know, I couldn't. I mean, here in Toronto, you you couldn't really be more woodshedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over yeah. the last couple of weeks, and I mean, like, it's literally been. You know, I've been like, sort of you know, incubating these songs in here. Um, and, uh, and we'll see what, we'll see how it goes. I am, I am, I am trying to work with some sort of concept or through line, um, that incorporates some of my recent, more recent experiences. Um, okay. In, with, you know, and particularly with the great bear too. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was deeply affecting for me and, and made a really deep impression and deep, deep imprint on me. Right. Um, I had no idea we had a place like that in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like nothing else I've ever seen. It's, it's pristine. I, uh, hope I have the opportunity to visit it at some point. I feel like I did and wasn't able to capitalize on it. I think at one point you and I, I was supposed to go with you oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. But yeah. I, it didn't quite work out. I, the timing was weird. Did you go in September? Uh, it was in September. Yeah, I yeah. think I was busy with work and I couldn't get out of it. And yeah, yeah. No, they had a few different folks along, um, in in different disciplines too. Oh, um, nice. There was a uh, uh, Canadian press photographer. Oh. Who who was, hopefully got. To, I haven't seen the pictures, but hopefully they got some. You know, I mean, I can't see how they wouldn't have got amazing. Uh, you know, you're such a that. you're such a aficionado, I suppose, of field recording. I must ask, were you up there in any capacity recording? Did you capture any sound? Um, not really. I, I that yeah. seems odd. Well, knowing, knowing you the way I do. Well, 
you know, part of what, what I do with location recording is like actually recording, you know, music in the place, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I was working on, on things, uh, the entire trip, but more in a writing capacity. Right. Um, I wouldn't have just gone to just record sounds for the, although that probably would have been kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I, I, I assume that, uh, that in a way, even capturing the, if you will, the atmosphere, the ambiance of being yeah. there, I imagine it, it, listening back, it, it may stir stuff up. If you ne- could, Next time. Next time you go? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I hope, <laughs> I, it's just an idea. I'm not trying to produce your life. <laughs> well, Tony, it's uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, for more information about uh, your band, I guess people can go to greatlakeswimmers.com. Yep. And uh, keep an eye on that. And we'll see you at Hillside Inside. Yeah. Hillsidefestival.ca. You're playing on the 7th of February. Yeah, and it's going to be a solo show. Totally well. solo. Yeah, yeah, like a guitar and voice thing. Uh, basically playing some things from Prayer of the Woods. Do you do you go into your catalog at all, in the, into the swimmers catalog for shows like this? Yeah, I have been. Um, in fact, I've been, like, on this last tour, it's been fun to do basically almost all of the songs from Prayer of the Woods, but uh, in my headlining sets, also doing a bit of a retrospective over the last 10 years of uh-huh. Great Lakes Swimmers, which is five full lengths and various EPs over the years. So, um, So, yeah, I have been delving back and doing some things that, we just don't really play anymore with the band. Yeah. You know, so more deep, deeper cuts, I guess you could say. Uh, not to uh, get you to butter it up in any way, but you have played the Hillside Festival in various forms. I mean, you've played yeah. the Hillside Inside, you've played the Hillside Festival proper. Yeah. Uh, why do you like coming back to this festival? Is there anything unique about it in, in terms of the landscape of music festivals uh, that you've played? Um, it's just a really great festival. It's, it's, I mean, within proximity to where I live too, I'd say, you know, it's one of, it's probably the best. It's, oh, wow. it's amazing. Um, it's well run, well organized. The, the philosophy behind it is, is, is great. The, 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 the sort of the green aspects of it, yeah. of a large festival are hugely impressive. Um, yeah, I just think it's a well run, well curated, great, oh, nice. great thing. Yeah. Well, I assume that, but I yeah. just wanted to hear it from you. I assume you must like it if you keep coming back. Yeah. Uh, before we... Uh, it's fun, too. Yeah, it's, it's fun, right? I mean, that's basically it. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it has a nice uh, mix of earnestness and irreverence, I suppose. Like, yeah. It's fairly laid back, yet it has this uh, streak of consciousness, political consciousness. Yeah, which totally. Which I think is healthy. It's a nice mix. Um, can we go to a song from Prayer of the Woods for people to hear? Yeah, sure. Yeah. How about uh, Somewhere Near Thunder Bay? Somewhere Near Thunder Bay. Yeah. I assume that you were somewhere near Thunder Bay <laughs> when you wrote this song or? Well, you know, I've been trying. It's one of those things. I had this like experience late out on tour one time up, you know, driving, hurtling across the Canadian Shield in a, you know, in a tin can with my bandmates. Was it your Dodge Caravan that's in the shop? <clears throat> yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's also silver in color. So, oh. um, and we have to cram in there, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a sardine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just had been trying to find a way to describe this experience of like, you know, uh, nearly sort of plowing in, like, you know, just this experience of, of you know, hurtling across late at night. Yeah. Um, this really beautiful part of, of the province. Yeah, there's something, uh, when you're on tour and you're heading out west or, or heading back home, uh, if you're in, in Ontario, Thunder Bay is a weird point. 
It's like the end of something. Like if, if you're heading west, it's like, yeah. it feels like the end of something. Well, it's like next stop Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, kind of. I guess it literally yeah. is kind of the end of something. But it does. Yeah. It's funny. It's interesting to me that that sticks out for you too. Because I, anytime I'm in that area, I'm like, it's always a marker. It's always like yeah. you're either about to leave or you're about to come back. And, and Thunder Bay is in the horizon. Terry Fox Monument there too. That's right. That's kind of like another sort of. Uh, cultural sort of endpoint in a way too. Yes. Know, so. Yes. But yeah, I, I could see that. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's hear the song. And uh, you know, I, I can't remember the last time we had such an extensive chat, but I, I feel like we've had a few, and I, I appreciate your time as always. Yeah. Nice talking with you. Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. 
And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.